This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and you're tuned into the pre-match show in partnership with our good friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. This is the Sheffield Wednesday Away edition and joining me to discuss that and much more is my good buddy Seb Brown. Seb, how are you? Are you feeling less stressed in the passenger seat this week yeah it's, it's the right way around on the screen everything seems to be back to normal balances has been restored no it was all right i i enjoyed it and thank you to those who were very kind on on twitter and gave me some some praise i'm sure in a couple Lovely of weeks feedback. time i'll i'll do it again um but it just feels just feels right this way it's like anton deck it should always be on this side or bert and ernie or joey and chandler you know things should always uh, always have balance i feel yeah Matthew Marshall. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're here to talk about Chef Wednesday. If you're watching on YouTube, hello to YouTube. Um, Seb and I both have shirts of meaning oh, in respect time. of Yeah, every time. Every time. Um, the, there you go. It's because the camera's reversed or something. So, um, if you, uh, a little mini competition, just a bit of fun. Um, which shirts are these and why is their relevance to Chef Wednesday? I mean, I, I looked at your Seb and I can remember it, but I can't really remember a meaningful moment but i'm sure you will divulge all when we get on to sheffield wednesday shortly um let's start with some news and some frustration for itfc women obviously going great guns at the top of the southern premier division uh, but a nil nil draw last night or wednesday night against gillingham who were very much set up to get their point they celebrated seb like they'd won the league at full time. Um, I had to linger around afterwards. And the, in their dressing room, they were playing Sweet Caroline on full blast and chanting along with it. So they were very much happy with their night's work. And as they as they might, because I think they were there um, just below the challenges in the division, but um, didn't really have any attacking intent, maybe one chance before halftime. And for, unfortunately for ITFC, just couldn't break them down. Had the chances, had a few penalty shouts, a few near misses, um, but unfortunately, more frustration. Another team that, um, as I said, set up to frustrate them and stop them. Um, but um, a nice distraction, Newcastle next up in the FA Cup fourth round on Sunday. Newcastle top of their division, a tier below. So um, should be a really interesting game. And if Ipswich get through, I think it. I think Kieran was saying that it matches their the most... The, the, the longest progression into the tournament. I don't know what the phrase is, but yeah, fifth round will be great. Hopefully beat Newcastle and get them back. Um, get a team at Felix though in the fifth round, maybe revenge on Man City, who knows? Um, but we wish them well for that one and a long odd trip up to Newcastle for them. Into other matters, and we'll get some thoughts from Seb now on um, transfer dealings largely. Uh, your thoughts, because I've got, um, history here and don't want to upset anyone. Uh, Thomas Holy completed his low move. Um, expected to be to Bradford, but he's ended up at Port Vale in League Two. Your thoughts on that one? 
Yeah, Bradford were linked when they, but they went out and signed a keeper from Portsmouth, I think. So that one fell through. And I'm pleased for him that he's got a move. He's clearly not going to play here. You know, he had a couple of half decent seasons. The first season he was sort of dovetailing with Norris, wasn't he? They would drop out for a few games and then come back in. And we do forget, I know you hate him, but we do forget he was part of that that amazing clean sheet run. Do you remember? In the first the first season down. So he's, yeah. he's played his part here. By all accounts, he's an absolute top guy. You know, great to have around, great to have on the training pitch in the dressing room and stuff. So we wish him well. I think it's quite clear, isn't it, that his contract won't be renewed. So this is a chance for him to go out and play some football for the next four or five months and I, I think he's you know he's a perfectly adequate league one goalkeeper I know he's dropped down to league two just to get some to get some minutes but there's no reason why a, a lower sort of half uh, league league one side couldn't couldn't make him their number one and we wish him well yeah exactly right here yeah, yeah, apart, apart from you obviously um yeah yeah and McKenna had added I, I glossed over that point um McKenna had said that he wants to be a number one as, and yeah, can't really complain about that as a goalkeeper. You know, as we said to Christian Walton, um, as we discussed with Christian Walton or in Christian Walton interview available um, in the usual places, um, it's all about playing, particularly as a goalkeeper and you just you just end up development kind of tailing off, doesn't, doesn't it, if you're not playing. So um, yeah, good luck to him in League Two with Port Vale. Um, also, f- further interest in other players, what's that smirk about? Nothing just the, you don't the believe way you me. Were, no, the way you were just like League Two, Port Vale, almost dismissive. Well, good luck, good luck, Thomas. Some of us like you. Um, Kieran McKenna has um, alluded to interest in a few of his players. No surprises, given we announced that those players were up for loans: Idris Mazzini and Raheem Harper. Um, but knows nothing of the reported Swansea interest in Scott Fraser, which is excellent news for me. But typically, football managers, maybe, I know he's not been a football manager for long, but maybe Kieran McKenna has learned the dark arts of telling one thing to the press and other things happening behind the scenes. I hope Scott Fraser stays. Um, but and possibly one player coming in before the deadline day um, deadline on Monday. Have your thoughts on those bits and pieces of news, Seb? Makes sense, doesn't it? I guess the Evans injury might, and, and Morsey's now four-game suspension might mean that maybe one of Elmer Zuni or Harper stays around because I know you've obviously got Backinson or Bakinson, whichever way we're going to go with that one, and Carroll, but they haven't played a lot of football. So, you know, asking them to perform week in, week out for 90 minutes is a bit of a tough ask. So one may stay. Uh, it makes sense for one one to go out, obviously, and, you know, have a good four months to rebuild confidence and, and, and fitness. And it's good that we've got options on the table. I guess we just hope that they go out and play, you know, every single week. We don't want a situation where they're, getting the odd few minutes off the bench, et cetera. We want to go out and really, really play to a, a semi-decent level and come back all fit and firing for, for pre-season. With regards to Scott Fraser, I agree. I'd like to see him stay because, you know, his, his, his numbers are superb. He's proven at this level. I guess the argument is in the in the three four three. where does he, he really fit in? Could he be one of the central midfield options uh, alongside more of a more of a destroyer? Uh, he's certainly got the, the, the quality and I'm, I really hope he does stick around. And I guess we'll have to wait and see when we know Swansea are interested, but they're not going great guns in the league so they, they they might not want to be backing the manager this time of the year so hopefully he'll stick about and be able to contribute for the the remainder of the season do you have anything to add on Wimbledon victory and Morsey suspension just like you and Dave said the Morsey frustration is incredibly frustrating do we know if the extra game is because he had a red card previously or is it because it was a few uh, futile appeal neither did we, even appeal? we didn't even appeal it, I don't think did we we seem to yeah, accept seen- it I don't so, think it was anything related to what we did. I think it was just set of four games, which because three games is the norm, isn't it? For violent conduct, if you if you punch him in the ref sees it, it's a straight red, and that's three games. So the fourth game, the, the extra game, seems ridiculous. But well done, Andy Holt. Well done. Well done. You know all those people that uh, that, that retweeted it and stuff. So no big big miss because he was you know looking really good. He'd adopted that new role, hadn't he? Where he's looking to drive the team on. He was more of a a deep lying player under Cook and under under McKenna. He's really looking to push forward and inspire and drive. And he was really good against uh, Accrington. And so that's a, a big miss with, um, with with the quality of Sheffield Wednesday's midfield that we'll come on to. He'll be a big, big miss. Uh, the Wimbledon game, just like you and Dave said, you know, a, a good night's work. Struggled in the first half, obviously. Uh, Burns came up with the goods and, and you know, we got minutes in, in players that needed a bit of game time, I guess. And, you know, a great result away from home. And to, to quote, you know, every, every footballer for the last five years, we look to go in again on the weekend. Here we do. Uh, worth mentioning, you can listen again to our midweek post-match reaction show. I think in my intro, I might have said pre-match. I'm just so out of practice for any other show on our channel um, that I just say pre-match because that's all I think about at the moment. So uh, it is post-match. If you listen to the first few seconds and think we did a pre-match midweek for Wimbledon, we did not do that. So stick around. Um, that's probably one of very few mistakes that I make. Um <laughs> 
But who knows? I might have said something stupid or offensive. I've just completely forgot about it. If you put it on the teleprompter, Ron Burgundy will say it. Read it. Cool. Let's talk about Sheffield Wednesday. And do you want to reveal for the people playing on YouTube um, what the shirt meaning is? I mean, it's going yeah, to be so it's, it's, related it's to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, it's linked to it. It's nowhere near as impressive as yours. But in the, the 2005 2006 season, also we struggled as a as a side. It was the year after Darren Bent had left, Shifki Kuchi, Tommy Miller. You know, we lost those 55, 60 goals from those three players. So we were struggling. Um, but we actually did the double over Sheffield Wednesday that year. The, the shirt behind me, uh, we, we won 2 0 at Port, 2 1, sorry, at Portman Road. Naylor and Westlake scored quite early on. I think it was like the third home game of the season, maybe fourth game of the season in total. Uh, and away from home, not in this shirt, in the orange, in the this shirt in the uh, orange shirt we uh, we won one nil with a very late goal by nicky forster so a double over sheffield wednesday which hopefully will bode well for tomorrow which orange shirt with it so um for folk listening um it's the power it gen um, the design the, shirt with the swoosh the swoosh yeah wasn't it we wore the orange shirt in the, the year before we narrowly fell short and i think it was the second year of that wasn't it because back oh, then we used to change kits every two years, didn't we? So the orange shirt was the orange away shirt for the 0405 season that stayed with us for the 0506 season, and obviously this shirt uh, was the, yes. the new shirt that year. It was the yeah the power gen one with the kind of V neck thingy yeah. and the black sleeves and the you could see the faint logos on the design of the shirt. Yeah, I'll take you sure that. That. I can't remember that, but yeah, an, or- an orange away shirt is always nice, isn't it? So yeah, uh, a shirt from a, a double over Sheffield Wednesday. And I've got um, a black Eon away shirt from Alan Quinn's Thunderbee. We're going to say that against Sheffield Wednesday against his old club. I think that was a couple of years later, wasn't it? That was the February of the 2007-8 season. So February 2008, I think, because that was the year we were absolutely amazing at home. Like we won everything in sight and away from home. We didn't win until that game. It was a really weird season. Yep. So there you go. Um, So if you guessed those right, congratulations. You win pride and um, a warm fuzzy feeling of knowledge knowledge is power talking about Sheffield Wednesday in 2022 Sebastian tell us about where they're at at the moment I haven't called you you by your full name thank you Richard um yeah ninth in the league uh on 40 points so one place below us but they do have two games in hand we've gone above them with the the midweek win over Wimbledon and it's got that kind of feeling of the you know this is the, these are the kind of sides that we're going to have to beat if we are to continue this momentum up the pitch and this late run to, uh, up, the, up the league table and this momentum towards the playoffs they've played 26 games like i say a, a couple of games less than we have won 10 drawn 10 and lost six scored 36 goals and conceded 32 not in the best uh, vein of form at the moment they've lost uh three of their last five games and they had damaging losses against Sunderland and Oxford the sides directly above them who they would have been looking to to claw back down they got they got battered by Sunderland 5-0 and they lost 3-2 to Oxford last time out with a very late winner so they uh, they are struggling to make headway against similar to us they're struggling to beat the sides they really need to beat to get themselves back into contention and obviously we all remember that game at Portman Road yeah we've got um we've got the flagship discussion of the key moment let's um, let's go back I saw the keeper had the ball, and then I looked up, and all of a sudden, sort of Bon and the keeper were sort of going at it with the ball. And I hadn't really worked out what happened, but Bon hides behind the keeper, sort of bobs around, and when the keeper drops the ball, he just nips in front of him, grabs it, sort of ends up taking it down towards the touchline, but does brilliantly in the fact that he keeps his composure, rolls the ball back to Fraser, who, again, could quite easily just lash that ball at the goal. But no, he, he picks a pass well and rolls to Chaplin, and Chaplin can't miss, really. There you go, Joe Fares describing the action. I've got much more crap on the wall behind me, haven't I? That was interesting to see that. <laughs> Been making some progress there. And as you know, as, as Joe was saying, um, it's, it's great instinct by Bomb. But were, were you at that game, Seb? No, no, I wasn't at that one. Uh, it was a real yeah. kind of out of jail situation, though, for that one. It was a bit of a frustrating day. Very t- typical of that kind of time under, under yeah. Paul Cook. Yeah, I mean, they took, a, they took the lead, didn't they, in the 20, 25th, 26th minute, quite relatively early on in the game. And we kind of huffed and puffed, but felt like it wasn't going anywhere. But thankfully, they had that absolute mare at the end that we were able to capitalise on. Indeed. Uh, I mean, the home form, which is obviously they're going to need to be the focus, is pretty good, though. Um, in terms of um, points accumulated at home, it's not great, because I think they played only 11 games, and most teams have by now played 13 or 14. But on average, two points per game at home, it was only 1.2 points per game away. Um, and XG is decent at home, 1.76 for those who like it, only 1.1 1. 1 
four xg against um which is the fifth best in the league um our goals against is 1.1 by the way um which is i think pretty good so um yeah i mean just drop some xg in there just for some um mix i also found these weird stats about home advantage um on footy stats i don't i forget what domain it is but there's a 25 percent increased likelihood of them scoring goals at home rather than away and a 26 percent increased likelihood of conceding less goals in their home matches as well so home okay. form great and i know you only one defeat so which you mentioned as well yeah, only lost once. Yeah, it was start of October, so they're you know they haven't lost at home uh, for what three three months now. So whilst they are lurking outside the playoffs and they haven't really been able to put any kind of consistent runs together this season, it, it's not going to be an easy game, like you've just said. And Darren Moore's in charge still, and we know what to kind of expect from him, don't we? Yeah, obviously Darren Moore been there. He took over didn't he in the March of their relegation season? They had that crazy game with Derby on the last day. Was did it finish three all if I remember rightly? And like Wednesday had to win, and they went down, and Derby stayed up. So he, he stayed with them throughout the summer. So he's been there uh, for coming up to a year now. Played forty six games. So he's, he's played a full season's worth of football with them. Uh, won sixteen, drawn fifteen, uh, lost fifteen. One point three seven points per game, and I guess that kind of form just shows it's that inconsistency. And like we said, they've not been able to get going in this league, and that's what's caused them to be to be ninth outside the playoffs. And there is there is some kind of fundamental um, bits that we can call to to kind of kind of explain that. I mean, goals scored is not great. I mean, there are a lot of stats on in an attacking sense which are mid table, and those those game stats that you just cited for more they are mid table kind of stats, aren't they? They are just bang average. It's weird how their form is so skewed towards home advantage, but overall, only thirty six goals scored, which is the twelfth best in the division. Um, only if, you know, I'm looking at these 13 shots on average per game is 10th best in the division, 1.6 big chances. I don't think is great. Um, and in terms of the style, and we'll talk about more about this type of you know the possession and the passing and all that kind of stuff, lots of goals from open play, but not many elsewhere. You know, 75% of their goals at home are from open play, and and then the rest of them are mostly set pieces. No penalties in there. So they're not creating chances for them through balls. They're not creating, you know, it, it's, uh, we'll talk about the possession. Talk about the possession for a sec because that tells a story with the Darren Moore team. I will do, yeah. Just note that point you've made about the um, no goals and through balls. That surprises me. Doesn't it surprise you with a player of the quality of Barry Bannon in central midfield looking to, you know, dictate and get on the ball? That that stat did surprise me. From a from a possession point of view, 51.8% is the average, uh, which is 11th in the league. So it's one of those mid-table kind of stats. 72.4% accuracy, which is 10th in the league. So, you know, they're very average for the amount they keep the ball and they're very, very average with their, with their accuracy. They're a short passing side. Uh, 77% of their passes tend to be, you know, short passes. Uh, they are 19th for total accurate long balls and 20th for inaccurate long balls. But they do like to get their crosses in. They are the third most crosses in the league. So they, this is an area where people are going to be looking to you know, capitalise from. Yeah, so those are those are cross passes, by the way. Those are side-to-side passes rather than okay. crosses. But you are right. A lot, yeah, of, got... a lot of the threat and the assists come from crosses. And as you said, you know, 19th and 20th for total long balls, basically. So we know what we're going to get. We're going to get this. We're going to get the sideways passing. We knew it from Doncaster. Those of you who recall the one or draw in the first season down, um, they should have they passed us off the park. They should have beaten us, but we managed to fluke a goal in that one. And it was similar against Sheffield Wednesday in the season as well. So we know what to get. Know know what we're going to get in terms of style of play. I do think we'll talk. We'll talk about Barry Bannon shortly, but defending also not great. I mean, the home defensive record is much better. Any 10 goals yeah. conceded at home. Um, they don't concede too many shots, um, but only 13.3 tackles on average per game was the 19th best in the division. The lowest number of attempted tackles. Um, generally, they're winning the ball back through interceptions. You know, with the flood midfield, that's not too many surprising, uh, too much surprising. Not great in the air, only 19, 20-odd uh, aerials, one per game, which is the 18th best in the division so it is a team that wants to play on the floor um eight clean sheets so yeah i mean this we're going to talk about the personnel i think there are aspects at play with the personnel on the defensive side and the attacking side which we'll come on to in a second but as you you know keep saying seb short passing lots of crosses isn't it and yeah and all, all these 
Yeah, all these stats that you know we're, we're saying like tenth in the league on average, twelfth in the league on average explains exactly why they're ninth. It's it seems quite similar to, to to us, you know, a couple of years ago under Lambert, and I guess last year half under Lambert, half under Cook. They're a side which you know can't get any kind of consistent runs together, and when they come up against the big boys, they too they beat Plymouth recently, but the, the vast majority of times they face one of the league big boys, so to speak. They uh, they tend to choke a little bit, and and that's why they are where they are. And they've got a real problem with certainly earlier in the season, but um, the defeat to Oxford um, shows they're not great at holding on to leads as well. Again, more likely to be in a away situation than a home one. But there are situations where they've taken the lead twice. I think they took the lead twice in Oxford. And they then did lost three yeah. two. And yeah, they did. They draw with Cambridge and Wimbledon, similar situations. Yeah, and the, the midweek game against Oxford, they uh, um, they're one nil up. Uh, Barry Bannon puts them on up seventh minutes. Uh, they equalise first half stoppage time. Wednesday, then go one two one up in the sixty first minute, and they concede almost immediately the sixty second minute. Oxford get an equaliser, so they are very vulnerable when they you know when they they always say in football, don't they? You're the most vulnerable when you've scored, and they kind of prove that fact. They they get it back to two two, and they get an eighty fourth minute winner through Matty Taylor. So they're they're not a side that's good if they if they go you know go go in front. They haven't got that that kind of I guess is it a mental thing we, we don't know mental physical thing but for whatever reason they, they they're not great at going going ahead in games and talk to us about formations so they like a three at the back system. That's what they've played for the vast majority of the of the campaign so far. Normally, it's a three-one-four-two. They allow like a, a deeper lying central midfield player, uh, which recently has been Luongo, um, to allow Bannon to sort of roam and get on the ball and look to pop up in space and make things happen. He's very much their their key player and their their danger man. Uh, the three at the back, they like to play wide. Uh, Liam Palmer, who plays on the right hand side, we'll come on to the expected eleven in a minute. But Liam Palmer on the on the right hand side has got a couple of assists so far this season. Um, um, so they like their centre-backs to, to be wide. Um, but uh, Darren Moore does like to, to change things up a little bit. Like I say, we'll, we'll try and predict the side in a minute, but he has sprung a few surprises in games so far. This is he likes to rotate, keep people fresh. But the three at the back is a, a fairly consistent, uh, consistent theme. Yeah, and there are transfers we need to talk about as well. It is the season for transfers. <laughs> um, and you mentioned Barry Bannon. I, I, and to your point before about the lack of through ball goals. Barry Bannon's, I looked him up on sofa score. They've got heat maps and basically the entire pitch mm. has kind of got an amber or a red for him because basically he goes wherever he wants. Long goes, he said, we'll sit and allow him the scope to basically do what he wants. And I do think that means there'll be points where either everything is on Bannon or he's not going to be there, he'll be out of position. And I think that's possibly a factor here as well. The other factor as well is the strikers, which there's a big debate about who will start. I think certainly one's a shoo-in who accompanies him. We'll talk about as well, but certainly talking of shoo-ins, the goalkeeper, there's going to be no doubt about that, but obviously a goalkeeper known to us. Yeah. Bailey Peacock, Farrell obviously on loan from Burnley, the one that had the, had the howler uh, against, against yeah, brain fart against, but yeah, I'm still yeah. amazed they didn't shout at him because I'm sure I offer is staring right at yeah. him. So, you know, it's crazy. He's not screaming at him, but yeah, Peacock Farrell will be that will be the keeper. They've got a guy, Joe Wildsmith, the backup, but Peacock Farrell's played 23 games so far this season. So he's a shoe in for the, uh, for the number one position, the center backs this is where it gets a bit interesting. So they've signed two uh, center backs uh, in the window so far one today. So they've bought in Jordan story and they've bought in Harley Dean on loan from Birmingham today. They're both experienced, centre-backs and they've got some bad injuries Dominic Iorfa obviously formerly of this parish he was a right back I think on loan us for the majority of the time but he's shifted inside uh, he's been out since November uh, and Shay Dunkley was part of that Wigan side wasn't he that got picked apart when they went into administration uh, he, he went off in the Sunderland game I think it was a couple of weeks ago and he's not been back since so for the last few games they've had a back three of Liam Palmer on the right hand side Sam Hutchison's come into the centre of the uh, of the back three and Marvin Johnson's been on the left hand side but I would fully expect you know, you don't go and sign players of the likes of Harley Dean and Jordan Story and, you know, have them on the bench or have them not involved. Dean only joined, I think it was last night. So whether or not he's going to be ready to step straight on the When were sure. we recording? Sorry. Sorry, yes. Joined on Wednesday night. Make the same mistake I made last week. He joined on Wednesday night. Uh, Jordan Story arrived on the 19th. So I expect Jordan Story to come in and it'll be four of the, the previously mentioned three in the back three tomorrow. Uh, sorry, on Saturday. I was, uh... Uh, maybe it's an attacking thing but the, the centre-backs really really do play wide but it's not a surprise because Palmer and Johnson both their natural positions are either wing back or midfield so they are 
crying out for. I've been speaking to a Sheffield Wednesday fan, crying out for orthodox centre-backs to come and help out. And Harley Dean's obviously a name that should be known to a lot of people from the Championship. Breck, Brentford and Birmingham. I think he's made 15-odd appearances for Birmingham this season. So he's got. it's not like he's going to be out of fitness or anything like that. Um, so he should, yeah, I, I, as you said, Story and Dean, I'd be surprised if they don't start with Hutchinson probably staying as the anchor in, in the middle there. Um, and then, yeah, talk us through the options in kind of central midfield and out wide. So the Jack Hunt will be the sort of the right wing back, but the, their wing backs really do play pushed up. It's almost like a 3-5-2 with a five across the, the midfield. They really like to get forward. So Jack Hunt will be the right wing back. 21 appearances with three assists. Obviously very experienced at... Um, at championship level with Bristol City and Palace, so. I want to yeah, say. Bristol City, definitely. Um, and then likely to be Mendes Lang, uh, who used to be at Cardiff on the left-hand side. They're, they're struggling a bit in that left-hand position. He's only made five appearances so far with one goal and one assist, but he did start midweek against Oxford. So I think he's likely to be the, the player in the left-back position. Or if the two new guys come into the back three, they might look to push Marvin Johnson up that left wing-back role. And talk to us about the centre midfield three because we've talked about Luongo and his job. I think that's no surprise, given we know what his his. We talked about him in the previous, in the earlier in the season. It's a shame that his loan was short. His loan was cut short, but he's only really coming to the side of. In recent times, isn't he? Recently, yeah. This, this is an area where, again, they've got they've got issues with injuries and stuff. So Luongo will be the deep-sitting one. We had him in loan in 2012, but he wasn't built for a Mick McCarthy relegation scrapping team, wasn't he? So he went back to... Was it Spurs? I think he was on loan from. Wasn't and he got that Paul to, Jewell? I don't want to... Yeah, Jules you. signed him, but Mick sent him back, didn't he? I oh, did he? Okay, fine. Yeah, Mick, yeah, Mick sent sense. him back. He signed that window. Mick sent him yeah. back and brought in you know, more, both more experience. Right. That's good for a change, isn't it? Brilliant. <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, Barry Bannon obviously is the, the one that we'll look to get on the ball. Very much, like you said, he pops up everywhere. A bit like Alan Judge a couple of years ago. You know, he doesn't really have a position. He'll get everywhere on the pitch. And hopefully that'll be able to leave some, some space to exploit. 25 appearances so far this season. Three goals and four assists. And then the other central midfield, who I'm delighted you're going to try and make me pronounce, uh, is Faseo Deli Bashru. Uh, 17 appearances so far this season. One goal, one assist. Only 20 years old. He came through Man City's academy. Uh, and he's played the last few games because they have got issues in, in central midfield with injuries as well they've had Lewis Wing who isn't injured on loan from Middlesbrough who everyone kind of thought was going to be a, uh, a guaranteed nailed on starter so far this season he struggled a little bit and Darren Moore was in the press relatively recently saying he thinks he's trying a little bit too hard Dennis Adrian the guy who scored against us in, against Portman Road I've, I've said that wrong go on your face your face tells me you I've got it wrong for say Adeli Bashiru really well right Adeneron the guy that scored against us at Portman Road he's out with a hamstring injury and George Byers has been out with an injury as well since the end of November so they have been hit in the central midfield and the centre-back positions with injuries so far this season we'll talk about um, there's a uh, Josh Windus we'll talk about as a, in the striking options but he could possibly drop back into attacking midfield if they wanted to do that Bannon stats repeat those again for us yeah not great is it 25 appearances 3 goals and 4 assists oh, he's quality Don't, uh, not looking to do him down here um, but you'd expect more, wouldn't you? Um, and that possibly tells the story here. If they're pinning all of their hopes on him being the main man, those stats, sadly, um, they're not going to be enough, are they? 
No, for somebody you know with the with the pedigree that he's got and the ability he's got, uh, he's he's not done done great at all. I'm just looking at my notes from the September game to see if I made a note at the time of what his stats were then. But I uh, he had one goal and one assist uh, at the game last time, so only another two assists and and three goals since that September game. So yeah, not not great for somebody who you would sort of pin your your hat on as being the talisman to lead you back up to the championship. And uh, maybe this is kind of League One summed up now. Whereas at the championship level, Barry Bannon might be getting time down at here at League One level. He's he's a big name. This is a big fish in a small pond. And, and similar, Alan Judge is a great comparison. You know, you are not going to give, you do not give Barry Bannon time and space on the ball and expect, you know. Um, so there's a good chance that pe- people are going to be doubling up on him and yeah, clattering him. him doubling he's quite up, diminutive, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. I think he scored quite a good goal for them. Maybe whatever their last home game was, I seem to remember him celebrating. So yeah, scored of late. But yeah, he'll take all, this, all the set pieces, all the corners and the free kicks around the pen- penalty area. So we can't dismiss him as a threat. Yeah, he scored against Oxford. He scored against Oxford in midweek, yeah. Yeah. Put them on and up in the seventh minute. So, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, very much like Alan Judge, I kind of think that they thought he'd be the talisman to lead them back. You know, you, you're looking at those kind of players who are proven at the higher level to drop down and have amazing seasons and play 46 games and, you know, get 10 assists and 10 goals. But like you said, League One tends to chew people up, doesn't it? And and, and all it takes is a, a side to do their homework, double up on him quickly, get a gnarly central midfielder or a gnarly centre-back to to smash him in the first minute and it could really throw him off his stride. So if we can keep him quiet, that's that's why Morsey missing is a bit of a blow. You know, you'd, you'd love Morsey to be in there up against him, snarling, winding him up. You know, that, that is going to be a, 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 a big loss. Uh, but hopefully we can keep him quiet. Was it El Mazzuni who did a number of them on it in the home he game? He did. He played in the home game. Yeah, El Mazzuni played. He came in and started. And uh, he did really well, didn't he? It was the game where we sort of noticed that El Mazzuni had that bit of physicality. So maybe he might well come in. Yeah, maybe alongside alongside Carroll or Parkinson. Yeah. Yep. Talk to us about the striking options. We mentioned there might be some rotation here. Yeah, I think one of the new signings will come in. So Lee Gregory will be one of them. Dropped down from, you know, everyone knows him from Millwall and Stoke in the championship. He's, he's dropped down to Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, 24 appearances, eight goals and five assists. Uh, but he's not scored for the last five games. So he's a threat, but he's not in great form at the moment. And then recently been playing Silla Sal uh, for the last couple of games. One goal this season. But in midweek, I think it was, or the week before, they signed uh, Tyrese John-Jules on loan from Arsenal, who's a striker. So if I was a betting man, I'd imagine he will come in alongside Lee Gregory to make his debut. I Okay, I see your Tyrese John-Jules. And I raise you aforementioned Josh Windus, who has made goal-scoring contributions from the bench, replacing Sal in the last two matches. Yeah. Um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play... Windass somewhere and as we mentioned he could sit deeper in a number 10 role if they wanted to do that uh, there's some other names there Seb yeah, some of the well-known names, Sido, Sido Berahino, you know, he's, I think he's, he joined them just before the, the September game, but he's not really got going at all. Callum Patterson as well, they're, they're, they're sort of bench options. They Berahino didn't get on in midweek against Oxford, so they're very much bench options at the moment. And they've got a guy on loan, Florian Kambari, um, who's just got back from an injury. I think he had a knee problem. Um, he's closing in on a return. He might be available to be on the squad or on the bench. He certainly won't start, but I think Darren Moore was suggesting he's, he's, he's not too far away from a return, but that could be a, a John Nolan-style close to a return. And that's been a year now, so I don't don't expect to see him. There you go. So three one four two. Expect I would say at least two new um, debutants to make their first starts um, in defence and or attack. Look out for Barry Bannon, um, and look out for the. Um, I mean, we know about Gregory is a, a, a big presence, a, a kind of a very physical presence up front. Expect crosses from the right hand side from him. Expect short passing. Um, what can Ipswich Town do about this? Seb, you've mentioned um, the absence of Morsey, which is an issue, at least the games after this one. And we, we need to kind of, I, I really shudder. We, did, we didn't want to talk about the P word on Wednesday or <laughs> Tuesday, whenever it was. Um, but this is uh, this is possibly a really pivotal game for both of these sides if they've got any aspirations of finishing in the top six. 
It is, yeah. We probably both need to win, don't we? They need to win to 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 catch, go back ahead of us and keep that that cushion with their games in hand. And we need to win to make sure that you know if they win their games in hand, they're still going to be behind us. And it was all looking so good, wasn't it, on Tuesday night? Was it a 95th minute winner for Scott Twine for MK Don? So you know, this is how it's going to be for the next few few seasons, uh, next few weeks. We're going to be five points off it at one point, then maybe drop to seven points off it, etc. So all we can do is keep winning, keep this momentum going. Um, I don't think we'll make too many changes other than the forced left back change i mean would you keep backinson and carol in midfield you think they can do it can carol play three games in a in a week do you think and if not is it el mazuna you're looking to bring in i mean based on what we were talking about before about barry bannon el mazuni knows how to play him i'd quite like that but i do think he'll possibly go for experience but we made a lot of predictions about the lineup last week and were totally wrong some of them enforced changes admittedly but would you revert to more of the line it will go back to the accrington lineup surely won't it yeah but that's very harsh on aluka who i thought was excellent the other night Mm. so i'm guessing bomb will come back as the main striker chaplin or selena one of those two will come in for jackson and then i guess it's a case of does the other one come in for aluko or does aluko keep his his place mckenna's come out today is this is recording this on thursday in the pre-match press wrestling and said he'll make a late decision on the the left back position because you know penny apparently is too far isn't too far away so i guess if he is out then either we'll see carlin was in a left wing back role or do you put Burgess into the center central three and put dynastian out left wing back i, I don't think Burgess couldn't play the, the wing back role could he no i mean hayden colston's name has been mentioned stranger things have happened it has but yeah, that would be so out of the blue wouldn't it but i guess with the lack of I think it was Dave said on the on the the reaction show. There's no under twenty three football, is there? So if he is fit, you have to throw him straight back in. So we'll wait and see. It's really frustrating. It was the only the only blot on Tuesday night, wasn't it? it was the, the the silliness from Vincent Young, and you know, you, I guess he's been in and out the side all season, and now he's going to have to sit out again uh, and give somebody else a chance. So hopefully, Penny maybe against his former side will be will be fit to come back in, and hopefully, you know, can have can have a good game. But that's the real area of concern because Jack Hunt is quite a big threat down there, right? So our left-hand position needs to be needs to be decent. Yeah, you wouldn't want to maybe risk ja- um, Edwards. No, no. He said Caden Jackson at left wing, <laughs> but you never know. Um, because Kenneth McKenna's come out and said that he's got a part to play. Are we expecting him to leave? Yeah, lots of interesting quotes um, on Thursday. Um, so we shall see. But I think all of us are hoping that Penny will be fit against yeah. his former club, won't we? And the popular prediction may be out of hope, Rather than expectation on the midweek show was a draw, Seb. Uh, what say you? My, I think a one-one uh, is the most likely here. My, my, my heart is a one-nil win and keep the momentum going. You know they, they're 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 not in the best runs of form, but they, Hillsborough is a tough place to go, and they've, they're going to be buoyed by these new signings, aren't they? It's going to be a big crowd, so a, a, a one-one draw, uh, I think, will be the, the most likely outcome. Okie dokie, we shall see. What, what, what do you think? I, I went, yeah, I went for the one-all. I'm just in my brain trying to figure out whether that is um, <laughs> that's what I want or whether what I expect to happen. But I think I would take it. I think yeah. we kind of did the old Mick McCarthy job. Mick McCarthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a point. I won't get on the bus. Do you remember our last? I mean, our last win away at Sheffield Wednesday. I'm trying to look back on the stats here. No, we lost three two under Hurst, didn't we? When Toto got sent off. Oh, Wackhorn double. Um, oh yeah, March one was a free kick, wasn't it? Yeah, one was a free kick. I think. Yeah. There you go. So we have we've got form of late, but yeah, Sheffield Wednesday in good form at home. Uh, you will hear all about uh, what has happened at Hillsborough on uh, Monday morning. Um, if you haven't already heard about it, but you'll at least hear it with some more detail and some um, hopefully some useful insights and um, different perspectives. And obviously we'll chip in with any of your thoughts and questions as well via our usual Twitter um, questions. Uh, shout out at full time um, on the flagship this week. Ben, I think, back in the host chair, I think with Dave and Craig may have made himself unavailable. So we will have some rotation as well. Might be one of Seb or I, you never know. As always, um, all the details of where to listen, where to watch, how to donate if you would like to do that, and where to follow is available at Blue Monday. Um, itfc.co.uk blue monday itfc.co.uk i only gave a twitter address then don't want to do that so there you go there's all the details and as, as always we need to thank our good mates at the greyhound as well um excellent crowd there last weekend for the accrington game we hope for similar next week against gillingham gillingham 
Gillingham. Yep, Gillingham and, Thank you. And um, But as always, if you are looking for a place to go for a quick pint or a nice leisurely lunch, we can always recommend the Greyhound, can't we, Seb? Yeah, what was the... I saw the, the menu tease on Twitter mm. on the day of the match. What was the McKenna meal? What is it? So there were two bits on the menu. There is... A, um, I need to... I haven't got the names right. There is a Morsey burger, okay. which has got everything in it. It was It's crazy. I think it's got hash browns and stuff in it. Um, I think it's like the Big Mick, maybe rebranded. Don't want to okay. put the Greyhound down. And then the McKenna... I can't say it. It's it's McKenna and, McKenna and cheese, like mac and cheese. Like mac and cheese, okay. And it comes with pulled pork. Okay, yeah, I saw the Aww. I saw the tease, the menu tease, and that does sound good. I'm there on the uh, before the Gillingham games. So that might well be my uh, my choice. And you can, or you can have a Danassian dog, which is basically a chili dog. Okay, there you go, Greyhound. Get down there, um, and you may or may not see members of the Blue Monday team. Let's go into our brand new feature set. There you go. I love a bit of aqua. It's much more chilled out type of vibe than the old um, Ribble Room I'm, I'm starting to miss the 101 vibe, though. I'm starting yeah, to miss maybe, that, that thumping. Play it. I did have a few 101 th- thoughts come to my head. I did, week. actually. Yeah, I did as well. well got, I had the same thing. I was going to do the um, the when teams cut loans short halfway through the season. Okay, that's I really gonna... annoying. You know, you, you can take them on a season long loan, expect them to be here all year. I think Joe was talking about it, wasn't he, on the flagship? And then you've got to spend time negotiating the deal that should be done because the fashionable thing is to to recall and send out again. So, I was going to do um, people coming out and apologising, but not apologising. Um, A.K.A. Andy Holt and his a politicians' apology. Oh, sorry if I offended you. It's not an apology. If you did something wrong, say sorry for what you did wrong. That's an apology. I'm also was and I and I hope put tweet at Ipswich if I would have got your votes because I'm doing. Sh- I'm, you'd have won that. You'd have won that one because it's topical. Everyone hates Andy Holmes. Well, that would have been a guaranteed so which, home banker for you. If 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 it had just been me versus me, and frankly, this is the only way I'm going to win these days <laughs> because Seb obviously wins the popularity vote. It's disgusting. Um, I, my other one would have been this John Terry led non-fungible oh, tokens the, yeah. thing that he's doing with footballers with little chimp logos or something yeah. like that. He's got no time for that. And this cryptocurrency bollocks that football clubs are starting to get involved in as well. Nonsense. A load of people lost big money, I think, in the last mm. few weeks on that. So that would have been up there. But yeah, Andy Holt's sorry, not sorry would have probably been mine. But anyway. That would have been a guaranteed home win. So it yeah, will come I, back. It will It will return. We'll obviously, now we now we haven't got to spend a week thinking about it. Naturally, things are starting to come to us. So we will bring it back and we'll start yeah. making lists of stuff. <laughs> We're good once the pressure's off, eh? Yeah. Worth mentioning, then, as, as I alluded to there, that um, Seb's, everyone loves Seb on the Twitter poll. I mean, 14. To be fair, you did, you did slag them all off. <laughs> you you blamed them all, and you, you said it was their fault and stuff. You it was affection. Uh, <laughs> I didn't slag anyone off, did I? Yeah, I probably did. Yeah, I. In which case, I'm sorry if I offended you, Twitter. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, so there we go. Said so top of the blue Monday sliding door moments league. We were doing early Burley last week. That's a fourteen point two percent victory there. So that is junky, massive for the injuries to John O and Scoey in the 98-99 season against my Scoey hit in the post against Millwall, 95-96. Um, I've removed points per game because it's a nonsense metric and we will stick with, I think what I quite like the percentage difference being the differentiator. Um, we'll Craig, Craig, feel free to, to, the, uh, feel free to reply in the comments. <laughs> so early Burley last week, late Burley. Is that what I need to find a Ryman couplet? Yeah. Uh, later Burley era. You've got some ground rules for this week, so. Yeah, I should explain. So, obviously, every man and his dog is going to say that the ultimate sliding doors moment for Burley is the summer transfer window of 2001. We heard it on the the interview with Craig, which is still available, a superb couple of interviews based on his playing career and his managerial career. But it sounds like we were going after Mark Poom as the, the number one choice to replace Richard Wright. He was injured. We go and get the Italian goalkeeper, as he was affectionately referred to. So that is an absolute give me. So we've decided between us that we won't be picking the summer transfer window because it would be an absolute home win, wouldn't it? So we're going yeah, for... Yeah, Richard Wright's departure and Scully's yeah. departure, I think we've, yeah. 
yeah, it's it, it's far too easy. You know, Fernandy George comes in. That's not maybe you know he did all right numbers wise, but if Poom comes in instead of Serena, we probably don't get Andy Marshall and you know everything. Everything hopefully might have been all right. So we're going to skip that one. That that would have been a guaranteed winner for somebody. So I'm not that generous to to let him try and get some uh, some points back on the board. So we're going to move past the summer transfer window. And we're, you're going to focus on the relegation season, and I'm focusing on the first division back in the uh, the, the championship or Division One as it was called then. So I'll let you go first with yours. We're doing chronological order, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to drill into, um, let me get the exact date here so he can be precise. I know how people like things to be precise. The 2nd of March, 2002, Ipswich Town 1, Southampton 3. Uh, we had just been battered by Liverpool, which was not a surprise. The team in that era was just ridiculous. I think they had three up front and Nelka, Heskey and Owen or something Owen, stupid yeah. like that. So we didn't really stand a chance, particularly with Andy Marshall in goal. But at the time going into this match, Southampton before this game were 13th, one point ahead of us. We were in 15th. And this defeat just took just the stuffing out of us. We'd got ourselves back into kind of lower mid-table after an amazing Christmas run of seven wins in eight. That blooming Charlton defeat, um, where we took the lead twice in the first few minutes. Um, but the Southampton defeat, just uh, particularly given the opposition, and I mentioned they, they were they're not great, any great shakes. But the abiding memory for me, and I've got an image of it here, is thirty-three-year-old <laughs> Chris Marsden there waltzing through our defense, Lionel like Messi-esque. Yeah, I mean, look, Seb, and I'm. I may be damning myself here. It looks like me. If I'd put a Southampton <laughs> shirt on, shaved the beard and took the glasses off, I scored against Ipswich in the Premier League. Our defence just collapsed. And from that point onwards, we managed one victory. We had 30 points. We just needed to get to the magic. Well, what was the, the margin we needed? We needed to get to 40 points and one less goal difference than we ended up with um, to stay up at the expense of Sunderland. Actually, four points apologies so we, we only needed to yeah a win and a draw or maybe a win and a win and instead we lost seven and we drew three of them we yeah. only beat borough and that to me set us on a trajectory for permanent negativity ever since so there you and go. I think just didn't we also have it? Wasn't there a break between the Liverpool game and this international break? Isn't there? And didn't we go away to a warm weather? training Ooh, camp right. i think and i seem to remember all the quotes in the press saying let's get the liverpool monkey off our backs and we're looking forward to getting back and putting things right and yeah it just absolutely killed us didn't it, it killed just the, less than the a players. month it, 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 it killed Amazing. us it killed us as fans and yeah yeah great shout to be fair but you're looking i'm, I'm looking in there at these I mean, west ham away was a pretty chastening day the bolton defeat Bolton's obviously one, we know about it? there yeah, the man the united the defeat but and we're unlucky. We, we, we draw nil-nil at home to Chelsea and Marcus Bent misses a penalty, I think. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of games where we could have... We, it was in our hands, Villa. so to speak, but yeah, then it just it yeah. went, didn't it? Yeah, so there you go, Southampton. Let me just put up Chris Marsden's <laughs> face there. Just think of that when you're voting on Twitter. Just look at his face. Look at his face. Cool. Right, I'm going to go for uh, a couple of a couple of months later after that. So I'm going to go for the fact that qualifying for the UEFA Cup, as it was at the time, via the Fair Play League, which, by the way, is rubbish, uh, cost Burley his job and cost us coming back up. You know, we had the great season the year before where we, you know, Inter Milan, Helsingborg and Torpedo Moscow. We qualify via the Fair Play League when we get relegated. We play Avenir Begin. We, we scrape a 1-0 victory over there and we come back and absolutely batter them 8-1. However, straight after that, we struggle to a 0-0 draw against Preston. We then play FC Sarted uh, at the third week of September. Straight away after that, we go up to, to Stoke and lose 2-1. We then play FC Sarted in the return leg. Okay, after that, we do beat Wimbledon 1-0 with a 90th minute Darren Ambrose goal. But the game after that is the Burley 3-0 Grimsby time for a change match. Uh, and then we play Sloven Liberich. Uh, we, we we play them and we, we lose to Palace straight away afterwards in Joe Royal's game, um, first game at Portman Road. So it absolutely killed us. We couldn't cope with it. We didn't have the squad to cope with it. You could argue it really hurt us the year before, but at least we got some good away days and some big names. You know, we played Avenir Begin, FC Sarted and Slovan Liberic. And, you know, none of these really, really jumped out. You're pointing, that's the Inter Milan 
picture, isn't it, of Alan Armstrong? Yeah, yeah. Um, none of those teams stand out, and it killed us. And that season, we finished four points off the playoffs. And you know, if we scrape a win at, at Preston and we we get a point against Stoke, etc., we're there, and it it just absolutely killed us. The squad couldn't cope with it. It was a totally unnecessary thing. I wish we could have opted out of it, and I think it cost Burley his job, and I think it cost us promotion. And you know, if we'd have gone straight back up, we keep the likes of. Ambrose, Darren Bent in the Premier League, Herman Haridison, Matt Holland stage, you know, we're going back up at it with a, a stronger squad, arguably, than we came up with two years previously. But we don't, we miss out, we finish seventh, and from there, you know, administration comes and it all starts to fall apart. So for me, that moment there cost Burley his job and, and, and cost us our return to the Premier League. I mean, there are there there are some strong offerings there. You just think back on that era if you're of the right age. What a, how do we screw that up so yeah, badly? So badly. That team in the Premier League era didn't, it was too good, you know, it's a cliche, isn't it? Too good to go down. It just totally, I mean, the European ties obviously didn't help us either. I'm trying to, you know, Torpedo Moscow and then drawing with Blackburn and, you know, yeah. that kind Helsingborg of stuff. Helsingborg and losing to, drawing with Fulham, I think, was it after the Helsingborg yeah. game? And, yeah, Inter Milan drawing against Middlesbrough. Yeah, same the same pattern happened. We could never deal, could we, with playing on a Thursday and then playing on a Sunday. We could never deal with it. Well, you look at when was... So the last Inter Milan game was the 6th of December. And then a few weeks after that, we lost... To, so we lost to Newcastle, then away at Villa... And then that run begins. I don't think it's any coincidence. And I've got a, a, a similar thing. Yeah, after we go out against Slovan Liberic, we only lose three out of the next 13 games. We go on a little bit of a run of form. We lose to, to Forrest, and there's a couple of a couple of the big boys in there who ultimately finish the playoffs. No. Yeah, Johnson, um, yeah. two, two we there. We were. Um, but then we got on a decent run of form over Christmas, and we start to make headway up the table. And yeah, it just proved we couldn't deal with it. And for me, that's my sliding doors effort this week. Good stuff. Well, as always, the Twitter poll will appear um, partway through Friday morning when I wake up. When I wake up, um, we'll put the tweet out for the show first and then we'll catch up and then you can vote on that. And um, we'll be interested to see how that one pans out and we'll reveal the results next week. And for one more time, let's listen to Aqua. That's your lot. Thank you. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Seb, for your research and your insight. Uh, thank you to Paul Westlake for preparing our flashback clip earlier on. As a reminder, head off to bluemondayitfc.co.uk for all the details and bits and pieces there. Tune into the flagship show Monday morning with Ben and two others we'll see who they are i think dave and one other um, talking about shift for wednesday and once more thank you to the, our good friends at the greyhound um the best pub in ipswich in my humble opinion so going ahead down to the greyhound for your pre-match fix seb as always i will leave the last word for you well, we have some breaking news as we're live on air. We've just made a signing. So we were discussing, obviously, Ooh. signings earlier in the pod and wondering what we were going to do with the left-hand side on Saturday. We've just signed the Brentford left-back, Dominic Thompson, who is a left-back or a left-full-back, on loan for the remainder of the season. Brilliant. So breaking news that's just come in. It's been confirmed by, by Andy Warren at the ATD. So that's just uh, that's just come in. So there you go. That's that's the left-back situation sorted. So I presume he'll make his debut against, uh, against Hillsborough. And safe travels to everyone going... Sorry, I guess, sorry, against you for Wednesday at Hillsborough. United. <laughs> Safe travels to everybody going up there. Let's hope to keep the momentum going. And come on, you blues. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.